style helps you get up the stairs and down. Truman Capote once said style helps you get up the stairs and down. Hello and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. So I just read this brilliant, thoughtful article published by The Cut titled What It's Really Like to be Black in Fashion by Lindsay Peoples Wagner. Um, she is a black woman and has experienced much of the bias and marginalization mentioned in the article. Now sometimes when um, black people say, hey, this is racist. Um, we often get labeled as overly sensitive and are often encouraged to get over it. Look, listen, if you are tired of hearing about racism, imagine how tired the people experiencing it are. So today, um, we, and when I say we, I mean Dominique is here again on the show to help me out of my feelings in regards to how bad it really is for black people in the business of fashion. So many chords and triggers went off for me while reading it because I have experienced similar things. The good news is this article where over a hundred black fashion professionals were interviewed, sadly some had to remain anonymous, was published and possibly the most accurate thing I have read all year. So good job, Lindsay. Um, Dominique and I are not here to break out the violins. This will not be a misery party, but rather a reflection on what was addressed in the article and to encourage and applaud black people entering the fashion industry despite the obstacles at hand. Um, at the moment, the industry is having a love affair with diversity and inclusion. Um, every company all of a sudden is inclusive and diverse. And what does that mean? Does that mean 40 shades of foundation from Fenty? Um, I think once they saw that $75 million month Rihanna had, many reconsidered their lack of consideration for the black dollar, but still, in fashion, black people are rarely to be found in positions of power. There have been, um, there has never been more than one or two black editors-in-chief of any major U.S. magazine and only one black designer leading a major American uh, fashion brand. And up until this month, no black photographer had ever shot the cover of Vogue. Only 15 of the 495 CFDA members are black and only 10 black designers have ever won a CFDA or CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund Award. One of the most popular and financially successful black designers, Tracy Reese, has never received a single nod. Less than 10% of the 146 fashion designers who showed at the major fall 2018 shows for New York Fashion Week were black, and only 1,173 black models out of 7,608 models were cast. So why? It's not super cut and dry why this happens. So let's touch on the good news first. 16 Magazine covers this season were of black women. Virgil Abloh was appointed head of Louis Vuitton menswear and Edward Enenful is the editor-in-chief of um, British Vogue. Not editor at large now like Andre Leon Talley and we can talk about that later. Um, but here's the possible bad news. Is it a fad? It's one thing to want black dollars and to pander to that audience and not want to seem biased, um, but there's a huge difference between tolerance and acceptance. I know that I have been the token and many organizations and subject to the obvious glass ceiling, but um, you know, keep your head down or, or you're fired anyway kind of environment. Um, but we're gonna chat about it. Dominique, welcome back. Thank you for having me, Nicole. Um, 
so many things. So many things. So many things over the years. I just want to say that Dominique is the one that really shared this article. I saw it, but I was at work at the time, and I was like, this is going to require my attention. So thank you so much for sharing oh, it. You're so welcome. Yeah. So welcome. And um, did you find, you were mentioning earlier that a lot of people were sharing this with each mm -hmm. other, um, mm -hmm. black this, people in the, the in the industry. Yes, this got passed around, I think, with a quickness. Because... Like you were saying, I saw it on the internet and I was like, oh, what is this? Well, these are interesting quotes, but I didn't know it was an article. It wasn't until I think I saw somebody else post a picture of the main picture in the article. And I was like, oh, this is a full read. And then I went to read it. And it's I, a full read and down, it's a full yeah, read. I sat down and I had dinner, full on dinner from start to finish and reading the article. Yeah, I mean, Lizzie, Lindsay really put her foot in this article, as they say. Um, I mean, this should be something that's like studied at like FIT Parsons. I mean, this should be something that obviously, you know, it should things should change, mm -hmm. but also people should pay attention. And it really, I, I read it more than once. Um, so. Um, I'm gonna share. Yes, please share. Let's hear your. We're gonna stories. share some experiences. Um, what happens to the regular folk yes, like us? When you're still below the line. Oh well, yeah, because I mean, if Tyra Banks and June Ambrose are experiencing it, just imagine what we're experiencing, mm -hmm. right? So um, I remember one of my first retail gigs at Wait for It Lady Foot Locker. Okay, <laughs> on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. There's um, still a very posh area. In the way, way, way back, I'm not gonna reveal how far back that is, uh, my manager and I would work together a lot, just the two of us, all the time. And she was um, white and she was from the suburbs. And she would always make these ignorant comments like, you know, how often do you wash your hair? And I mean, right there, if you're asking someone that, there's like, you're, it's already something wrong. But again, we have been conditioned and trained to keep our head down. Trained, that's a real Yeah, trained word. to keep your head down and not question their questions. And hey, you're getting a paycheck, so you know, don't worry about the bias you're hearing or mm -hmm. seeing. Um, and then after that, the, what followed was a long um, series of questions about how long does it take to straighten my hair? Mm -hmm. And um, I would try to be diplomatic and answer. And that conversation ended with her saying, well, it must really suck to be you guys. Oh. Um, and by you Lord. guys, she meant black women. And I just had to take that L that day because, you know, one of the things you have to learn is to have, to have a social grace mm. and not let emotions guide you when that coin, okay, is being deposited. Yep. Um, but there are some things that are more important than money, too, and we'll talk mm -hmm. about weighing mm -hmm. those things. But I was really young, too. I think, you know, as an older woman, I would not have let that slide. I would have had a, a better way to finesse a response to her. Because the wording isn't always, you want to say something, right, but, but when you're young, are not you know, ready. Yeah, you're not ready when you're young, and you're like, wow, I think something is wrong here, but I don't know, you know, what to say to speak mm -hmm. up. And then um, you don't want to seem to be insubordinate either because obviously I'm the only one there, so that means they don't allow a lot of black people to be hired there. Now, so you go into a footlocker and everyone's black. Mm. But uh, back then on Michigan Avenue, that was not the case. We were right above Saks Fifth mm. Avenue, and uh, I think it was called Chicago Place. Um, and Neiman's was across the street and all of this, so oh, we were in the Gold Coast. Lady, yeah, I always, I always stay in the posh yeah. area. You know me, it's like I have to be surrounded <laughs> by beauty. Always, I always tell people that. I'm always just, a, you know, above average. Never, <laughs> never anywhere else. Um, 
And so, um, I, you know, I didn't want to seem out of line uh, when she was asking me these things. And then we had a television in the store. And uh, one day she said to me, it was some um, st news story about welfare. And she said, well, why do black women have so many kids if they can't take care of them? It's a burden on my tax dollars. And, um, you know, I just said, I don't know. Mm. And, you know, at this point, I kind of, you know, I have her number. And yeah. I also realized that, too, even if I did spoke uh, speak up, she's beyond change. That's like, hard. there's no turning this woman around the best thing I could do is give her a positive experience mm. with a black person so that maybe That's she could take it very adult yeah to take it with her and I, I, I'm very young at this time maybe I'm eight maybe yeah. I'm a whole 18 or 19 like at this time but it's hard because sometimes it's like oh can you if I speak on this one question are you going to use this this one experience to always define this and how can I say this in a way that is going to really represent everybody enough for the next 20 years of your life. Right, so maybe like going ham on her it was definitely like not gonna work yeah, because exactly. then you get labeled the angry black woman and all these other stereotypes. So, you know, then you have to end up being really, really passive and I, and I think that's uh, one of the, the problems. Um, so anyway, I would just say that that experience you know, the positive was it was kind of like first retail job and it ended up preparing me for a better retail job at Henry Vendale, which um, you, you know, you little, you little youngins, that was like the hot spot back in the day, no longer. You was kind of like Barney's okay, right. at the time. Yes, yeah, the yeah, the yeah, you know the Henry Vendale, um, little brown striped box. Um, but I ended up getting that through a good friend of mine and, um, you know, that was, I, I was paid twice if not three times as more okay, okay. boom right so you use these experiences and, and trust me I listened to these comments for a year mm. I worked at Lady Foot Locker for a year um, because I believe in loyalty I believe in hard work and I believe in merit based you know promotions mm. and things like that but it was clear I wasn't going to get a promotion yeah. from this woman so I kept it moving but I'd love to hear something interesting what's something wild you heard in your experiences I think the first one I'm going to hit you with and I feel like this one is one of the one of my more heavier ones because mm -hmm. it just came back to me right before you uh got here right before we started yeah and it was when I was working on um, a pilot okay uh we are uh, we had Primary. Dominic is a very important costumer. Don't don't get it twisted. So he's working on a very important pilot. Uh -huh. Go on. Pilot, pilot. And we had all of our lead talent was black. Okay. So that's an entire let's say five to seven people. Mm-hmm. So there was us, and then our hair and makeup department. They were also black. Okay. Pretty much everyone else, with the exception of two of the producers, was not. Okay. They were probably white. I want to say yes. We'll say we'll pepper in a couple of people of color just for. Say, oh, and the caterer. Anyway. Right. So we had an interesting experience when we were, uh, when it came time for lunch. We're all eating outside. Um, and so production normally will put up tents if you're eating in the sun. Mm -hmm. Production did put up tents. Production did not put tents up for our talent, okay. which is our priority. Right. You don't want them melting on the asphalt. Or the rest of hair and makeup and the other people. However, everyone else who was a part of that crew was in the shade and their tents were put up. Okay. Were there tents that could have been put up is maybe your next question and the answer to that is yes. Okay. So that was a fun moment 
where did like anyone said, say anything no 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 because that was I definitely had a talk with my assistant and I said you see those right and she did and I said should I she was like no don't do it because it'll be a scene and we still have four more days with these people we need to get this project completed so if this is how they're going to do this now we can only imagine later on luckily for us there was no way in our, I guess, our circumstance for that to be the type of situation again, but it was very unfortunate on, I believe, our first day of shooting right. to see something like that because it was one of those unwritten things because it's because simply more at the end of the day, not about myself, our talent. Right. And they're always... Yeah, like like let, let's say let's say like even the hierarchy of what was going on on set, right? Mm -hmm. Like so maybe they set the tents up for the main talent, but maybe not for a hairdresser's makeup and costumers. Like that would make sense, but like even the people who are in the pilot because they were of color, they did not get the coverage literally yes. outside. So yeah, that's and, and it's those little subtle things. We yes, are we beyond you know um, the colored water fountain and bathroom? Yeah, of course we're that beyond part. it. It comes in different versions mm -hmm. now and it's very very subtle, mm -hmm. right? Very subtle. Um, yeah, I just I, I have another one. I want to tell you guys something. Another little thing that happened to me. So while I'm working at Lady Blogger, Nicole is also trying to be a photographer. Mm -hmm. So I thought I was hot shit. I got published at 17 oh, and I was like I'm a doc very serious documentary photographer mm -hmm. very serious um and uh it kind of I led to okay maybe I could do fashion and um um had multiple jobs at the time and a photographer that would sit at the bar where I hosted um he was pretty prominent photographer in Chicago um he said you know I know a guy he shoots a lot of models he shoots mo mostly fashion I'll just make a call now you know, there's a layer to that, too, is just always needing a white ally to help you get a job, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, the door is just mm -hmm. closed. So, you know, that that right there is an issue. So he made a phone call for me, yeah. like he would anyone, mm -hmm. and I got the job. Hey, Look at that, just a phone call. I didn't even interview, so we just had a chat about, you know, place and time, mm -hmm. me and this photographer about where I would be and what time where his studio was and um, it was all set. I arrive at the assignment and I'm downstairs you have to get buzzed up to his loft. Um, there are a lot of lofts in Chicago that's where photographers usually work so um, I get buzzed up and then he opens the door and he goes he's you know visibly shocked that oh. I'm a woman of color and he goes oh Nicole and he still questions. Ooh. And I, I said, yes, it's Nicole. And uh, he goes, oh, well, you don't look how you sound. And um, <sighs> and, then I, and uh, I, I, I didn't really quite, again, you know, when, when it happens, you just don't, sometimes you don't know what to say. Yeah. And then you're also there for work, so you want to focus on that money, because mm -hmm. there's nothing more powerful having than financial, having a, having a career, financial stability. So you let a lot of stuff roll. You gotta let a lot of stuff roll. And so, um, and what he meant was, you know, for the phone, you sound white. Yeah. And there is no such thing as sounding white. If you're educated, you sound educated. If you're not educated, you don't sound educated, and so on and so forth. You know, you sound well-spoken. Wherever you're from, the whole well-spoken, oh, you're articulate, you know, basically subtext for a black person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what all that was happening right then and there at that moment when we met. And so I, I really didn't say anything. I think I said, like, nice to meet you and something like that. And he said, well, come on in. And, I, and my whole thought was, I have to kill it. 
yeah, to kind of knock this out. The park. Let, let me knock this out the park because I have to turn him around. He obviously thought I was going to be a white, white woman. And, you know, this was an opportunity to also become an assistant to someone who could really take my career to the next level. So I, I really was like Nicole. So I, I felt like I worked perfectly that day. I was so laser focused. And I was just a second assistant. It was $250 for the day. And back hey, then, that was a lot rate. of money. That was a great rate, you know. Um, and, you know, what's so funny about the rate is, like, that's probably the rate that someone a white because he thought I was a, a, a white woman, you know, and so he, I probably got like awesome, a good rate, a really good rate, right, for back then. So two fifty a day, you can live off of yeah. that. Um, so I thought I did really well. We um, all celebrated at the end. The models were drinking champagne. Um, I even turned down the liquor. I just didn't want to seem. Yep, I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I had some water, some. Pellegrino, whatever, and he wrote me a check, and um, I just, you know, said, just let me know when you have more, you know, I live in a neighborhood, I could even ride my bike here, you know, I was very, like, showing that Mm -hmm. I was interested in more work, and I, of course, I was never called Mm -hmm. again. Now, we, it could be for any reason. You know, now, I'm, I'm, no one's trying to say that this man was in the Klan, right? What we're trying to say is that there is a conscious and unconscious bias mm-hmm. and that um, there's a comfort level. Mm-hmm. And their comfort will always be more important than our mm-hmm. careers or our career pathing, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I have. I mean, we could be on this thing all day talking all about these instances. Day, I want to hear one day. more though. Tell me about something one else. More. Let me think. Let me think and then I have a controversial question for I'll you, one that you after is that. Directly in line with the article. So okay, sure. Sure, sure. I have one. Maybe I'll squeeze in two. Okay. Just because I'll do, I'll do the little one first. I was working with a similar to your story. I was assisting someone, and I didn't really think about it. We had a day together. She was impressed. Yada yada. Uh, the next time I was supposed to meet with her, I think as her first assistant, just on that project, she sent me a text, and I didn't really think about it, and you mm-hmm. tell me maybe what you think. Sure. She, you know, hey, my address is this, this and that, blah, 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 see you uh, and the last thing, the last thing she said was like, oh, and no loud music. It didn't register to me at the time. I'm thinking, oh, well, the call time is, you know, 6 a.m., of course, I'm not going to come no loud blaring music. down your neighborhood with loud music. It's like 5 in the morning, like, why would I do that? And then it came to me, I think later that day, or maybe even that morning on my way in, I said, oh, no loud music. Oh, someone watched too many um, versions of Menace to Society, huh? She thought you were were boys in the hood. Coming up, riding up thumping. Do I thump? Yes. But it wasn't even on my mind that morning because it was, again, it was like five in the morning. Because she has to remind you to be professional because Mm -hmm. you're, Mm -hmm. you know, you are what you are. I thought that was interesting, but moving on to that one, I had one when I was working with a very, very high-profile celebrity. Are we naming names? Do we no, name names here? I mean it no. doesn't. It really doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It okay. really doesn't matter. Naming a very high-profile celebrity um, for a cover. This was automatic cover, not an editorial, not a right. possible cover. This was guaranteed a, 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 a cover. Okay. Um, and I was doing a round of pulls, a round of pulls with people who I've worked with for years. Right. Um, and I've called them for lesser projects. Even right. receive pulls. Did not receive pieces for this female actress. Was she black? Yes. Okay, so you had done pulls uh, on wardrobe pieces for, for the cover yeah. for other people for, for a year. Music, for small doesn't projects. matter. Doesn't Pe- matter what People it was. who are less famous. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
all of that. So this person was a well-established A-list. 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 And what what was the result? Just simply was, was declined or didn't hear back from people who I always heard back from. Oh, we're not interested. And it came to me in this article how they mentioned certain things like urban branding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, why wouldn't you want this guaranteed cover with this A-list celebrity? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Is it the magazine? Is it? And I was like, no, it's an A-list yeah, but you know celebrity what, cover. But when you know damn well that a, a white influencer female with, you know, 10,000 followers is going to get some free product. This was... Believe it or not, kids, this was before the days where social media was quite, <laughs> quite as big as it is now. We weren't quite into influencer territory, but this was still recent enough. Right, right. This person actually did some work to yeah. become an A-lister, mm-hmm. right? Very, I mean, it, it doesn't, there's, she's, one, this person is one of our black queens. Right, exactly. Okay, so, um, and, and Why? And that was basic, so funny. I just got basic PR the quote, declines. Yeah, the quote was, um, yeah, I was reading something. Everyone wants to seem like inclusion, diversity, LG, LGBTQ community. We're down with everyone, but you're still not going to get that yeah, dress. You're still not going to get the piece you needed. And mind you, uh, we did get, we had things flown in from Paris, though, and I remember she was very impressed because she asked us at the end of the shoot, how did you get some of this stuff? Because mm-hmm. we had other very high-end designers and for some reason, I was surprised that she. I remember being surprised that she was surprised, but we still obviously she loved well, it. Well, who knows what she's been it. through, right? In and her that's career. That's the truth. That's the truth. She's probably seen the whole game. Yeah, and then and, and in terms of that being flown in from Paris, you do you know like Laquan Smith mentioned that sometimes the doors just close. There's such a unique history in America between you know black people and everyone mm-hmm. else, and it it just teaches you know this country teaches everyone to treat us as less, right? So you know boutiques that told him no, we won't carry his collect you know carrier collection he was air- able to get picked up overseas yeah. in London and Paris which seems more you know opulent mm-hmm. or uh, exclusive mm-hmm. or what mm-hmm. have you so have you found that sometimes when you work with like a European brand they're a little bit more open to tie this into believe it or not the same story I had one of the best experiences I've ever had working with a stylist on that same project mm-hmm. one of the best like to this day it'll make me cry because that's how good of like just an experience I had I was like oh my god I've never had someone from overseas so, yeah from overseas she's from Spain okay a Spanish uh, stylist okay cool and it was just like I was like wow this was such a different experience and I'd already worked in fashion for probably three or four years and we say differently like is it a difference of feeling welcome welcome I mean she said I don't have time to deal with this can you do this I said yes and I handled it and she was And there was a trust factor. There was a complete trust factor. There's that thing, too. Um, I even found myself, like, sometimes, you know, like, with certain positions or you fly. I'm very explicit about, like, money with um, different organizations. I work for literally everyone. And, um, you know, finally, I, I remember I was overly reporting my expenses on, like, a corporate card mm. one time. And the, um, the woman... Um, Basically, the person I reported to finally told me, she said, Nicole, we trust that you know best for the store, mm-hmm. for the business. We trust you. She finally had to just say, like, look. We get it. Like, You're doing it. We trust you. We do not think that you are stealing. overspending or stealing exactly because, but I just like to make it clear. You know, I like to over deliver because I don't want to leave any space, not even a space for someone to say, don't show up mm-hmm. playing loud music. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, you can kind of set in a foundation, 
with people. But um, I've had many times, one of the things that stuck out to me, other than the urban thing, um, the interesting thing is they really, it, which is true, is fashion really loves black culture. Mm-hmm. Especially right now. Black, I mean, they really love black culture. Um, I feel like this is, I've seen more black models than I've ever seen mm-hmm. on the runway, sure. on the cover of magazines, sure. in terms of beauty. As soon as that Fenty thing dropped, Oh, everybody, Bobby everybody. Brown, and everyone had forty hundred shades. Like that said, but then you scroll down a few months ago. Right, a few months ago, not so much. That. Exactly. Uh, Goop even got them one black girl. Way to go, Gwenna. Thank you. Uh, Goop has one whole black girl in their organization. Awesome, and um, yeah, you know, it was, it was, it's just they are having a love affair, and it's hard to. To trust, to trust, you know what I mean, and and it's true. It's like you said, you couldn't get that dress for that A-list black person, but they'll have that same actress in the front row at New York Fashion Week yeah. or wherever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They'll have to it. and they'll have tons of hip hop people, what they consider urban, but you won't send an item to someone because they're too urban. Mm-hmm. But your Mark Jacobs will send dreadlocks down the runway. Now, which one is it? Yeah, is it too urban or is just because? you want to appropriate which one is it um so that was something that stuck out to me too so many things stuck out and then um also for me too what we were just talking about professionally is taking um people of color especially black people seriously you know um when the woman said she showed up on set and they were treating her like a shop girl girl when she is a a major hairstylist you know for you know tv and Mm -hmm. film um I would show up, you know, I would have a lot of jobs where they would, uh, people would just say all the time, you know, girl, oh, hey, girl, or that's okay, girl, Mm -hmm. or, you know, this is a place of business, and I am a 30-plus you know, I think that it's time for I think it's time for the the girl to stop. And I even had this recently with someone who was clearly a teenager at uh, Starbucks uh-huh. greet me as "Hey, girl." Um, you know, and, and I just want to make it clear that you know you have to know where things come from. And I, what I think is people don't realize is they're using this slang, they're appropriating these things. They don't know where they where they come from. What it stems from what it. When you say, hey, girl, what that actually is saying. Yeah, because what it means is, it's short for girlfriend, Mm -hmm. meaning that introduction is for literally my good friends, Mm -hmm. not for you who I just met in the Starbucks line. Your job is to take my money and prepare my drink. It's Miss Briggs to you. It's not, hey, girl, because I haven't been a girl for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you have someone you grew up in the sandbox with, it it makes sense for you to be like, oh, hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girlfriend of many years. Um, so I, I still get, I get that, I probably get that like once a week and it's, really? and I just have to let it roll. I just have to let it roll or. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So please, please, if you're listening, don't, don't do that. <laughs> please don't wow. hate girl me unless you're actually my no girl, me. my girlfriend. Mm. <laughs> um, or like the yo-yo, you know, just yeah. say, just trying to use black slang with someone black. I have it happen when I'm ch- I wonder with some of my friends, I'm like, you know, I don't approve. I, I say to myself in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't approve this message. If that's what you want from my friendship, you're not going to get your yeah, stamp be- of approval from me. Not it is from be- this. Because sometimes, yeah, they want you, you know, you, you're their, you're not just their friend, you're their black friend. Yeah. So I can say these things with my black friend. Yeah. I can do these things with my black friend. And it, it's just inappropriate Mm -hmm. but especially in professional situations and environments I just think it's 
I just don't understand why it's just so difficult to just treat everyone, you know, the same. And we don't even have time on this episode to talk about yeah. the the the, um, hour. the pay the 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 pay difference. That's uh, the wage that gap. Yeah, yeah. Not just yeah. between men and women and um you know, women of color, men, all of it, it all on, of it. And on and on and on. Now, a friend of mine who um, is in advertising and marketing, um, I'll say a former friend, he said something really interesting to me. He is a, a, a black man, and he said, you know, um, in fashion, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm going to get your opinion because I really don't know. This is not my, in my wheelhouse. He said, now, in fashion, or if you're talking about something that, in regards to taste, mm-hmm. it's better to be a gay man than mm-hmm. it is to be a straight man. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like it, that's something special, that an area where the straight black man has been kept out of because he's straight in terms of trying to be a customer or a stylist? Because not every black man who's a stylist or a hairstylist or a wardrobe or a customer mm-hmm. is gay, mm-hmm. you know, but they what I hear, the feedback I hear is that it's easier mm-hmm. if you are gay. Would yes. you Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. I have a really good friend. His name is Tony. He's a straight male hairstylist. And he goes, what I love about him specifically, before I answer your question, is that he goes the extra mile to say, and yes, I do do women's hair. He's not just a barber. He is a hairstylist and he has no qualms about it. Straight, mm-hmm. black man. Mm-hmm. As a gay man, yes, it definitely helps me. I also think being very thin early on and embracing that part of fashion helped me. Being mm-hmm. black and thin and gay also did help me squeeze in because I fit the mold in a way that they found acceptable. Exactly. Being attractive. I mean, we're here in L.A., so it's all about being attractive. All the beautiful people come here to stay beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, what about that beautiful personality, though? But anyway, back to that. Yeah, um, but yeah, that. you know, being, you know, slim. Mm-hmm. You know, like one woman said, she's like, honestly, I think that I, I got far in my career because I, I fit the body type. Mm-hmm. I'm a tall, skinny you know, black woman, and um, it's easier to digest. It's easier, to, yes, easier on the eyes. You know, better for the optics, mm-hmm. right? In the office, um, and so there's that too. There's that whole body thing. It's very layered. It's very mm-hmm. complex. Um, but um, that was just really interesting too that he was saying is just people do. You know, they they watch queer eyes. Just assume you know, just because they're gay, mm-hmm. they're gonna know how to you know, mm-hmm. you know, Iyanla fix my life. I have a <laughs> no, you didn't. You know what I mean? I have a friend of a friend, and she's told me this about her gay PR friend. He's like, oh, he plays the gay best friend angle. He works it for every um, every cent he can squeeze in, which I don't blame him. I wish I could work that sissy that walk angle, but I just don't have it in me anymore. No, Aquarius is just too real for that. We can only fake it up for so long. Honey, I wish. I know, LA is just like, I always tell people, like, look, if you're unhappy at work until you find another job, you're going to go there and give an Oscar, Emmy, award-winning performance till you get that check, and then you bring it someplace else. You're literally exchange that money for your performance. No one is saying that, you know, it's not always the right time and place to be super authentic. Um, I'm going to take that note, y'all. You know know what I mean? Because it's it's just once you get to a point, you notice that too with someone like, oh, God, I hate to throw out, like, the queen, but Beyonce is like, she played up, you know, America's little sweetheart, for as long as she could, 
okay and then right when she started dating jay-z there was already a little bit like okay she's dating this rapper he used to be a drug dealer you know she had to deal with criticism about that and then trust me the more the coin went up the more money she made the blacker she got mm -hmm. and then people were like wait a minute this is not the uh beyonce i love and now they're boycotting beyonce That's because she happened. did a, a black power performance mm -hmm. at the super bowl mm -hmm. right right that is what happened you know what i mean so so but, but when she's starting out of course she doesn't have that platform yet. She doesn't have that power yet. Mm -hmm. So that's what, that's the angle, and I think that a lot of that comes from my mom. You know, it's like build up, you know, get some power first, then you could keep it real. Because yeah. sometimes when you keep it real, and you're still very you know low level, or you're still developing your career. It's just not the right time. No one's saying be phony, be fake, be inauthentic to yourself, but mm -hmm. figure out some ways outside of work, self-care wise, that you can handle those things, those mm -hmm. issues at work, or find yourself a buddy to vent to. Because a woman was saying that, like a lot of times if you're a token and things are happening at the um, at work, there's no one to talk to. You gotta find yourself a buddy outside yeah. of work, right? Like yeah. how what yeah. we're yeah. doing yeah. right now. Yeah. You gotta find that person or hopefully you have a second. I know that's my case. I I make nine times no. Actually, yeah, I think all of my assistants have been black. Or of oh color. really? Yeah. Yeah, it just still seems really split where there's black stylists, white stylists. You would you say that? Or is it getting <sighs> getting? No, no. I was trying to be nice. Yeah, no, because I still go to parties, and there's we're definitely sprinkling in more, mm -hmm. but they're still very regularly when I go to. I'm like, damn, I'm still the only person of color in this room, or there's only a few of us, and we do. I remember on a project, I sought somebody out. But he was actually a good friend of mine, and so we had a little power on the outside. And mm -hmm. the producers were like, oh, how do you guys know each other? Like, oh, we're old friends. Mm -hmm. We weren't flirting or canoodling. Right. We actually, we do know, this is the one time where we do actually know each other. Right, we're not pretending. Yeah. With the air kisses. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think, like, it, it's just so interesting. Another part of the article, so many parts, but where... Like, even the beauty, it's like black and white, and it really shouldn't be. It's like black women spend a mint on their upkeep and, and beauty. And like this woman that was asking me, how much do I wash my hair? Mm -hmm. It's like, I keep a hair appointment have, yeah. and have always kept a standing recurrent appointment. Like, don't, what get are you, don't get it twisted. What are you talking about? And even back then, when I was younger, I would keep like a nail appointment yeah. and, you know, mani-pedi appointment and all of that, massage or whatever facial whatever so it's like they are taking our money, money and not, and not right and not catering to the audience and then again we're forced to know all about them mm -hmm. their designers their product mm -hmm. but no one knows about us mm -hmm. you know it's like you don't know which actress that is you don't mm -hmm. know which designer that, that is you know, regular it, basis in my and it's reflected back to me if i'm working with someone else they're like, like oh, oh do you know who this is or i have people reach out to me because i think i do have a mild reputation of being a black stylist because I have a lot of like black talent in my portfolio mm -hmm. so people will reach out to me for things where I'm just like oh I love that person I know exactly who that is yeah yeah or if a friend of a friend is working with somebody they'll call me and say are they are they famous what's there are they where do they fall what are they doing who are they right right and then you're there to to educate <laughs> to educate we'll yeah yeah we're gonna use the word educate and share yeah but yeah like in the uh, article where the woman they didn't want to even work with Yara Shahidi they're like I don't know who that is uh, and I'm continues. like how do you not know who Yara Shahidi is yeah uh, I've got chills reading her quote she because I wouldn't have thought in 2018 her complexion, her hair texture, let's right. be, to be transparent. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that she's on an ABC television right. series. Yes. She would have 
Of course you're gonna have doors open. You're beautiful, you're thin. You're on a primetime ABC Emmy award-winning show. Oh, you're still watching people? Well, right, right. Who are not as established as you are get open fashion doors before you? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Well, folks, this was was eye opening all over again. If you haven't read it, please look it up. I think it was published. Yeah, I have it right here, August twenty third, by Lindsay Peoples Wagner. Thank you, Lindsay, for writing what it's really like to be black and working in fashion because um, it's bittersweet, right? Things are getting better, but things are still really bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the truth. It's a bitter, bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again for your time. And um, I'm going to be traveling to Chicago and New York. And it's a big question mark on who's going to be interviewed next on You Have to Wear Something. So stay tuned. And as I always say, even after this <laughs> episode, till next time and peace.